0: welcome to talking giants i'm your host bobby skinner here with my co-host justin panic and on today's show we've got to discuss a few signings and we're doing our last mailbag voicemail for almost two months maybe even more justin how are you doing though after the weekend it's tuesday now the giants have you know signed guys like Dion lewis and colt mccoy but how are you doing how are you holding up in quarantine or are you are you disobeying the quarantine laws
1: no, no, I'm, I'm obeying and kind of taking like a social media break the last two days where I'm like, yes, I am intending on taking a social media break. It's been tough. I've been very lazy. I've been sleeping around a lot. But I said starting tomorrow, so Tuesday, the day that you're listening to this, I'm making a, a newfound commitment to really get into the draft. And, you know, really get into the drift in terms of positions that I maybe don't want to look at, but I have to look at because this is just how this show is going to go. Yeah, a lot of sleeping, uh, not a lot of tweeting, which has kind of been nice. Uh, I had a strange dream uh, Sunday night. I had a dream that Bobby Skinner, for some reason, came to New York and came to New York City. Now, this is during quarantine, by the way. I wasn't dreaming of of a, of a utilitarian world where, you know, everything is perfect and everything is fine. No, not utilitarian, utopian. Utilitarianism is a type of philosophy. Utopia is a type of land. So now that I got that wrong, welcome to the show. So I had a dream that Bobby Skinner came to New York City, and this is during quarantine times. And why was I in New York? I don't know. It was it wasn't packed full of people. Now, you gave me a hug, and I didn't hug back. I usually would hug back because I'm such a nice person. I didn't hug you back. And then, for whatever reason, next thing I remember in the stream is that I'm arrested.
0: Well, that's a that's a weird coincidence, Justin. Because last week I had a dream where I was with uh, a person, and me and that person were going to get in my car, and there was these five guys and they're harassing us, and there just happened to be a metal chair next to me, and I I beat them with it, and then I came back to the the scene of the crime later, and I was shot, and so I woke up. I woke <laughs> up on the side of the road. And walked to the hospital the next day with a hole in, in my in my stomach. So maybe, do you think that these dreams are correlated? And do people think I'm a psycho now that I verbalized that?
1: No, I, I it was actually the strangest thing. Because I think I, I tweeted that. I tweeted that in the morning. I was like, I had a dream that Bobby Skinner hugged me in New York and I was arrested. And while well, we should have been quarantined. And then you're like, you you acted like the dreams were correlated and that they were related, but they were in no way related at all. I will say no this way. was
0: after I watched the Ted Bundy, um, I watched the ten the ten Bundy the Ted Bundy tapes, and then I watched the Ted Bundy movie. Mm. And this weekend I watched the the Unabomber uh, documentary in his own words, and then I'm watching the the series. And I've so like as soon as this is over, I'm I'm finishing off the night watching the last two episodes of that. I stayed up till two thirty in the morning. Had to get up at, at six o'clock. But I was just addicted to this. I get addicted to those to those kind of things. The Unibobber, he actually has yeah. some not bad ideas. Now, bad idea bombing people and saying like technology is a sin, but he had some kind of good ideas. I'll be honest.
1: All right, so uh, yeah. buckle up for the next few weeks. You're you're gonna you're gonna really get to see. It. This is this is going to be a social experiment experiment for the next few weeks. If you're listening to this. How do podcasters deal with the notion and deal with social isolation? You're you're going to see this first first hand. The lucky
0: thing is we have the draft, but yeah, if, I mean, if this is your first time listening and you listen to this first five minutes, you're like, "This is not the Giants podcast I was tuning into. This is not this is not <laughs> lockdown or Big Blue Kickoff Live. <laughs> this
1: is this is a lot different." Anyways, wait wait can I can I read that rating? Can I read that rating? Sure, might as well at this point. I mean. We, we, got a nice, we got a nice little influx in Apple podcast ratings, which, by the way, we're at 162, which is so awesome. I tweeted out over the weekend. I'm like, hey, we're kind of close to 169. Can we, can we get to 169 ratings so I can crack a few jokes? Those jokes never get old. I, no, they do never get old. We're getting there, though. Seven more ratings. Now, this is, my, this is one of my favorite ratings. Like, there are some ratings that really make me laugh. Here's actually one. This one says Justin is funny. Yeah, but
0: you asked him to say that.
1: You said, I like being funny. No,
0: I did not. You basically basically said, say
1: this. I said on one of my good morning tweets, now if you don't follow me on Twitter, I actually should clip it for the soundboard. I have uh, a Dave Gunneman soundbite on Twitter of him saying good, good morning, of him twisting the bottle cap during the NFL Combine press conferences. And I'm like, oh, let, let me just – It came. it's become a running joke where I have to post it every morning and think of something funny or sassy or whatever to say, whether it's related to Dave Gettleman or not. You know, Sometimes it depends on the day. But uh, I said the other day, I like being considered funny more than like smart about football. So then somebody left this nice rating of Justin is funny. And then here's the rating. Justin is funny. He is hilarious. When he says a word, it makes everyone go, ha, 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 or lololol, or that guy right there is a comedian. And you want to know what that made? That made my day. That person being now, ironic the one you think r- you're not funny. Which, you know what? I don't mind. Uh, people don't understand that that person is being ironic. So guess what?
0: What do you think people think is funny more? You or anytime you're happy about something, me crushing it? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it's my—it's hmm. just my instincts.
1: Hi, right, go ahead, hmm. go ahead. Hmm. I'll I'll ponder about that. I'll, I'll I'll put it in the email after the show, Bobby. <laughs> so here's the rating that relates to like Big Blue Kickoff and some of the other giant shows. So clearly we're 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 way into this show and we're way off the rails. We'll 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 get to talking about our new additions right after this. But love it! Exclamation point! But can be a better show. And this is by our our, our big friend BK718 Crown with better production quality and a a little more direction, which clearly we're doing a great job on the direction part this episode. It's like we
0: took this recommendation and just pissed on it.
1: (laughs) And a little more direction, the show can be great. Currently my number two behind Big Blue Kickoff Live and Ed Valentine and Patricia Trania if I'm fielding for Giants content. Bobby is the star of the show and the reason I know of this podcast, but Justin does a great job and he has a bright future. But you want to know what? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with doing a great job and having a bright future. I'm the star.
0: My future is already – my future is here. Your future is bright. But you you have like six years. You're you're
1: already shining.
0: Shining bright like a diamond. All right, let's talk about the New York Football Giants (laughs) because that's what people, for the most part, (laughs) listen to this podcast. The Giants signed four people since our last episode. Deion Lewis, running back. Colt McCoy, quarterback. Nate Ebner, special teamer slash safety. And Corey Coleman, wide receiver. Justin, let's talk with about the guy who's probably gonna have the most impact on twenty twenty, and the most recent one, Deion Lewis, five foot eight, one hundred ninety five pounds. He's twenty nine years old. You know, he was uh, really good for the Patriots in his time there. Went to Tennessee, took a much lesser role uh, behind Derrick Henry, had less production, less efficiency. Last year, he had 54 carries for 209 yards, which is 3.9 yards per carry, which isn't great. Zero rushing touchdowns. He had 25 catches for 164 four yards and one touchdown. In 2018, he had 3.3 yards per carry for a little over 500 yards. Now, he did have 59 catches for 400 yards, which is pretty good. on uh, And his, uh, his catch rate was 88%. In some years, it's been 91%. His catch rate is very good. But, Justin, since he only had 54 carries in 2019, I went and watched all of them to see what this guy's about. And I think he's my second favorite signing after James Bradbury, talking about value-wise, because he's on this one-year deal. We're going to assume it's very cheap because of the running back position. And he is really shifty. He's a hard runner. He he makes moves. He reads the holes very well. Justin, going into this, I was like, okay, maybe he'll be battle with Wayne Gallman. After watching that, I don't think it's even close to a battle. He is much better than Wayne Gallman.
1: Yeah, Giants are at a point right now where you really you don't have to be rebuilding forever with with guys that are on their rookie deals, with guys that are you know young guys that are on their rookie deals. So if you want to go out and spend a one year deal on a running back who can provide different skill sets compared to literally every other running back in our backfield then go for it. Uh, that's what Lewis provides. I love how he can even pass block and ha- you know how he's shown that he's not afraid to take on that contact in that regard. And of course, you know what you'll hear from everybody is that he's the pass-catching running back coming out of the backfield, and he did it well, and he's done it well for a long time.
0: I liked him better as a runner, honestly. Really? I mean, he's known for the catching, but I just watched his running, and I was, like, I was very impressed. Now, part of that is Tennessee has a very good running offensive line, so there's holes uh, to be had. But I was very impressed. I mean, he's, he's just extremely shifty. I, I was getting pumped watching him. He only had 50-something carries, but they were uh, they were fun to watch.
1: Now, his career is actually kind of wild because I was looking at Deion Lewis's, uh pro football reference, and I saw that there was a gap basically in between when he was drafted in 2011 by the Philadelphia Eagles. He played two years there, and then there's a two-year gap between 2013 and 2014. Now I find this to be significant. I'll tell you why I find this to be significant. The Eagles traded him to the Browns in 2013. He missed the entire season due to a fractured fibula. Then the Colts signed him back in 2014. They released him in September. He didn't see the entire he didn't see the field that entire season. Then lo and behold, he signed a future reserves deal with the Pats back in 2015. Earned his way to the roster. I can imagine he earned his way to the roster. Let's actually look. Did he earn his way to the roster uh, primarily as a special teams player? I'm going to say if we scroll down to a snap share, a snap count 2015. Actually, no. You're
0: talking about with the Patriots or with the Colts?
1: No, I'm talking about with the Patriots. The he he earned his way onto that roster by being a backup running back, not as a special teams player. So there you go. He had more production in that year than he did last year. He did, but I just thought it was I just thought it was cool. You know, he was out of the league literally for two years. And then, and then here we go, Billy, Billy B. And I'm, you know, you would like to, th- you would like to think and hope that Joe Judge was a part of this process of evaluating a player and deciding, you know, this guy deserves a spot on the team. Funny how these, you know, how those guys in New England can just scoop guys off of off of the scrap heap. And he's literally had an an entire pro career since missing two years as a running back, which is absolutely wild and bananas. And he's only thirty years old which is Yeah,
0: nice. he's fun to watch. I mean, in 2017, the year before he got his contract with the Patriots, he had 900 yards on 5 yards per carry, which is really good, along with 32 catches uh for 214 yards and three touchdowns. So, he's been pretty productive every chance he's gotten. And then I went and looked at it Justin um because he he got one start in 2019 and it was against the Saints in uh week 16, I believe, yes. He had 15 carries, 68 yards, and they were really nice. 4.53 yards per carry. He had a catch for 19 yards. That was nice. So, in the games where he got at least a little bit of volume, he did well. I like to look at, like, their games where they had five or more carries. Jacksonville, he had five for 21. Carolina, four for 20. Four for 16. Most were three two one. Oakland, he had nine carries for 26 yards, which isn't good. But it was also the last drive of the game when they were up by uh, 21 points. And it was just stack box. And they are just running. They are just running into to to train the clock. So, I think the last three carries had one yard. So if you take that out as six or twenty-five, which is over four yards a pop. So yeah, he was really good and, and watching his film, man, it was it was fun, which isn't always the case with uh, you know, certain players. So watching his film was a lot of fun. He's shifty, he you know, he does spin moves, he runs extremely hard. Like he'll truck dudes for being five foot nine. He's uh he's a he's a ball of energy. And that's the way Joe Judge has been described so hopefully it's a good fit
1: do we think that Dion lewis is one of those running backs that needs five attempts in a game to really get his feet wet and to get his feet under him or do we think that he can be one of these running backs that can pop in a third down a second along you know whenever his number is called and he can be fresh and he can be ready to rock and roll
0: he can be the guy that's called on here and there and, and we could play the voicemail uh, uh jack's voicemail asking about it but the thing is is when you get those three carry games you can have, you know, four yards, six yards, and then you have one that's zero yards and then you're averaging less than four yards per carry, you know? Um, so, you know, those zero yard carries obviously outweigh the other ones, make it look a lot worse than what it really is. Let's play that voicemail. And we'll talk about how he fits in with Saquon. What's up,
2: Bobby and Justin. This is Jack Clararo host of talking big blue at JQ. I hope all is well with you guys. And I hope you guys are staying safe at these tough times. Um, I'm just going to get straight into the question. Dion Lewis, how much of a factor is he going to be for Saquon Barkley? Is this going to be a running back duo like Ahmaud Bradshaw and a little bit of Brandon Jacobs, or is this just going to be a one-two punch combo like late-in games or late-in drives? It doesn't matter where, whether when Saquon needs a breather or at any time. Like, Dion Lewis can come in, be a receiving back out of the backfield or even, you know, run a ball, run a couple plays here and there. So I just want to know what you guys think about him, Bobby and Justin. Um... I think he's going to be tremendous to the team, and I'm just excited to hear what you guys say. All right, thanks, guys. It's about to be episode.
0: All right, so Saquon is going, and thanks, Jack, for calling in. Saquon is going to be the workhorse again. There's no doubt about that. Um, although maybe Judge will want to spell him a little more than Shermer wanted to do, or or just most coaches in the NFL would want to. Um, although we know we do know Garrett worked um, Zeke pretty uh, pretty heavily, which I'm not I'm not criticizing. I actually think that's the best thing to do because he's he's the best running back in the NFL or top three. Uh, Undoubtedly, but Lewis can make plays when he does get his chance. And you know, I hate to say it, but if Saquon gets another ankle injury or whatever, some kind of freak injury, Dion Lewis is a lot more productive than Wayne Gallman. But as far as how they fit together, yeah, Dion Lewis will get some, you know, some series and stuff. But it's it's there'll it'll never be like a they're a one two punch.
1: Yeah, I I would agree unless Saquon Barkley's. Pass blocking issues is something that is not related to the ankle, then I don't think it's gonna be like a one-two punch, and then Deion Lewis would really come in and he would be that third down specialist. I'm I'm with you where Saquon Barkley you want to utilize Saquon Barkley, you want to try to maximize as much value as you can out of a running back because Running backs, you know, compared to some other positions in the National Football League, they they just they just are not as valuable as other positions are. So if you can maximize the value that you can get out of a player like Saquon Barkley and try to make an exception out of, you know, an exception to the norm, you should do it. Play Saquon Barkley. But I'm also kind of all for preserving him. And, you know, you bring in Deion Lewis for a reason. You bring in Deion Lewis for a one-year deal for a reason. Utilize him, maximize him. So I I don't know. Running backs I don't really have a ton of opinions on. We have Saquon Barkley. He's gonna go, he's gonna get eighty percent, seventy-five percent of the snaps. Probably I'm probably even low balling it there. So, but I, I wouldn't mind if there was a little bit more of a duo than we thought because I feel much better about a Deion Lewis and a Saquon Barkley duo than I do about a Saquon Barkley and a Wayne Gallman duo.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the moral of the story with, with this signing that Deion Lewis is a clear upgrade over Wayne Gallman. I've never been like Wayne Gallman just he'll hit a hole. But that's about it. Like Gallman doesn't he doesn't make moves. He does he doesn't do much. He doesn't have great vision. Um, he's just kind of a, a guy who's got some good measurables, but he just has never really put it together. So yeah, Deion Lewis is flat out a better running back. Any anything else on him before we move on? No. Good. Okay. Good things. Okay. Now next we got our backup QB. All the people who freaked out about Alex Taney. Although I wouldn't really even care if Alex is a backup QB, but it's six foot one, two hundred twelve. 33-year-old out of Texas. You may have seen him in a national championship game until he got hurt early on. It's Colt McCoy. He's been the Redskins' backup for the last, I don't know, what, five years uh, or even thirsting at times? Listen, I don't think we need to get too in-depth. Since this. 2014. Yeah, so he's a one-year, $1.25 million with the ability for it to go over two mil um, depending on playing time, incentives. He's had 28 career starts. Um, with 29 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. Is Colt McCoy going to come in and and win you a season? No. But can he come in and have a game where he throws three touchdowns and sling it around the yard a little bit? Yeah. And that's kind of what you want out of a backup QB. So I remember when I did my backup QB list way back, I went and looked it up. He was on that list. Um, Case Keenan was another guy, but he obviously uh, got a little more than we expected. So, yeah, I, I like this move, bringing Colt McCoy in. The sad thing is that the Redskins are just losing all their best QBs, although they did trade for uh, Kyle Allen, who will probably be their best QB.
1: You had had to do it, huh? You had to do
0: it. You had to throw it in there? There's some people who didn't like this, but, I mean, what else are you going to do out of a backup QB? You know what I'm saying? There's really nothing else where it's like, oh, go do this. I like this one. Um, Not like dancing for joy for it, but I thought it was a good signing
1: yeah I'm with you uh, you know McCoy has the potential to be the signing that we absolutely talk the least about this year, or it has the potential to be the one that we actually do talk about the most <laughs> you know i've I've never pointed out Colt McCoy and said that guy is not a quality nFL caliber backup qB uh which for the hardest and the most important position in sports here I go talking about positional value again uh yes, that is a compliment, even though it may not seem like it is one uh, i I like this signing. I hope I only see Colt McCoy. If we have, if we even have a preseason this year, Bob Bobby, which we need to get to, like we, there's been a lot of news going on, and and we haven't been able to talk about this fully. This is going to screw the Giants. Just ignore it and
0: hope it goes away. This
1: is yeah, ignore it, hope it goes away. But this is really, really going to screw the Giants over the fact that you know there's going to be no spring. There's going to be no spring workouts. Even if the season intends on starting on time, how are these teams going to get together and? Literally get together and practice, practice with contact where you're not standing six feet apart. You're literally, they're, they're literally going to be doing walkthroughs six feet apart. <laughs> which, which ima- imagine that sight. That'd be a funny sight. But anyway, Colt McCoy. Uh, I don't. I don't want to get into the too too much of the dark uh, dark territory. But I hope I only see Colt McCoy if we have a preseason this year and if the Giants are up by four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It's the only time I ever want to see him. So I think I would rather have an experienced backup quarterback though. For this year. For this year, I feel much better about having Colt McCoy as the experienced backup. Daniel Jones is going to prove whatever he's going to, that he'd feel like he needs to prove in year number two, and hopefully we can make the decision after this year that he no longer needs that veteran backup quarterback so then either Alex Tanney can continue the free ride on the team or we can go after uh, a quarterback in Alex the draft.
0: Alex is very valuable to the QB room, so why don't, you, why don't you just pipe down with the Alex Tanny criticism. How about that? No Alex Sandy slander is allowed on this show. No. He's very valuable to the QB room, and I'm I'm excited to have him as the third QB now that there's more people on the roster. Which, by the way, is there going to be seven playoff teams
1: this year, or is that 2021? Great podcasting we have going on here. You, Great podcasting. I want to say it's this year. I don't know. Someone answer
0: that. All right. Next on the list. It's going to be wild. Yeah, I don't like it.
1: <laughs> this is all crazy. What is happening in the world right now? <laughs> Cuz I'm I really all right, I, I, we won't spend much time on this, but I really am thinking about just the implications that this does have especially for a team like the Giants where there is so much change and I mean, there's so much on the line every single year for every single team. But this is talking Giants, so of course we're going to freak out about this the most compared to all the all other teams because there's so much on the line for these young guys. There's so much on the line for Gettleman. There's so much on the line for Jones. There's so much on the line for Judge because because there is so much on the line for Gettleman. There's so much on the line for Judge in his first year. So this is just crazy. And the fact that if they can't even get together and practice, if they can't even do the thing that they're like that's least expected to do, and if the league year is, like, if we're anticipating the league year on starting, like, on time, nuts. So, But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm sorry I, I went on that rant. Hey,
0: hey, just ignore it and hope it goes away. That's my philosophy. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, stop saying that it's the young people because the young people are doing things. But I do essential work, which means I'm out and about. And old people aren't doing nothing different. They out doing their day, regular day-to-day Old people are are very much not caring either. So anyways, that was my soapbox. Next on the list is an old man, 31 years old. Six foot, what a transition. Six foot, 215 pounds on a one-year deal. He plays safety, and he's had one defensive snap in the last three years. He's a rugby star. Wow. Nate Ebner, special teamer from the New England Patriots. Um, he has number 43. He's got long hair, and he's a white guy, so you know that guy. He's good at special teams. Listen, this this seems like a kind of a replacement for Michael Thomas. Almost, he had a blocked punt against the Chiefs last year. Joe Judge obviously was the special teams coach with the Patriots, so there's some familiarity with this. Not going to give any hot takes on this, um, although he did talk about Joe Judge in an interview where he said good things, but he wasn't going to say bad things about him, anyways. But basically, he's saying that he actually cares, and it's not he's not just saying that. So, Justin, give me some hot takes on the Nate Evner signing.
1: He's a, like you said, he's a former rugby star. So he owns a rugby team. He owns a rugby the team. New England,
0: something. That is him
1: and Patrick Chung own it. First of all, oh, I guess they were teammates. I was about to say, what a weird pairing, but um, they were teammates, I guess. So, but that is awesome. That is incredibly awesome. I want to, I want us to go to a rugby game. I want us to cover a rugby game of theirs this year. Or, or not, maybe not, maybe not this year. Maybe it's a bad time. Maybe like, maybe like two years. Well, from
0: now. we got to become friends with Nate Ebner and do it. Um, so hook hook it yeah. up, hook it up, Nate. You know, you know you love us, Nate Dog. Yeah, so I'm I do not want to spend too much time giving takes on this. And then last on the list, Corey Coleman, five foot eleven, 185 pounds, 25 years old, 4'3, 240. It was a first round pick for the Browns. Justin, he kind a torn ACL last year. We had big expectations for him last year. I mean, I, I thought he was gonna be the starter opposite uh, you know, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard before Slayton uh, made a deal. I thought he was gonna beat out Cody Latimer for that. He tears his ACL in the first week of camp, maybe even the first day, I think it was. You bring him back on a one-year deal, there's no risk to this. I like it. He's a guy with a lot of talent, so why not
1: give that guy uh, a shot? Yeah, what I kind of like most about this move is... I feel like if we signed like a Demarcus Robinson, right? If we signed, you know, a, a guy that we were rumored to, that was like yeah, the first. Yeah, we were so like heavily first...
0: rumored Demarcus Robinson and we didn't hear a single thing once free agency started.
1: Think about how wild things can go sometimes and how crazy things are. Just crazy things that happen in the world. Demarcus Robinson was the first free agent that the Giants were linked to when, before all this even started. So look at how far we've come. Anyway. I feel if if you sign a guy like Demarcus Robinson, that possibly takes you out of the conversation of drafting a wide receiver out of a very talented wide receiver draft class. However, I don't feel Corey Coleman like signing Corey Coleman doesn't make me say, "Oh, you know, the Giants are we're out on drafting a wide receiver now because the wide receiver room is too crowded." I don't feel like this signing says that. I unfortunately do not think we are going to see Corey Coleman's best football until twenty twenty one because fantasy football data shows and I've said this time and time again on the show which Bobby is probably probably getting really tired of me saying it guys do not perform at least statistically well until they are 2 years removed from an ACL injury but usually that second year that they are removed from the ACL injury is the year that they perform like their their best like it is almost like their career best so I'm pulling for Coleman. I don't have very, very high expectations. Again, you know, coming coming off an ACL injury at a position that requires you to run so much is tough. You know, who knows what could be there mentally blocking him. And also, are the Giants even going to be freaking practicing? I don't know. And that's rushing through my brain right now. Stop so. saying. Stop being so freaking
0: negative. My gosh.
1: Who are you negative about this coronavirus?
0: <laughs> Maybe if y'all New Yorkers would stop coming down to Florida, this thing would go away a little quicker. 5,000 New Yorkers flying to the Florida tomorrow.
1: Yeah, New York has almost like 30% of the cases in the entire country. There's so. four in my county. G- go there's us. four in my county. There's probably four in your apartment building. <laughs>
0: it's true. But
1: um It's
0: not even a joke. Well, there's four in my whole entire county. I will say I'm washing my hands more than I've ever washed them in my entire life. I've never been a big hand washer. I wash them in the bathroom and, you know, before I eat and that's it. Can I disagree with something that you said? You can. I will I'll fight you to the death on it, but you can you can try.
1: You said Nate Ebnar is kind of like a replacement for Michael Thomas. And I think that's very, very false. On special teams, boy. On special teams. Yeah. Because now we have we, we we are we are leaving a huge, huge vacancy at like safety, whether it's free safety, strong safety, I I you know, however you want to define whatever positions Patrick Graham is going to have and multiple, et cetera, et cetera, We have a very, very huge hole at safety right now. So I just thought I would I just thought I would throw that out there with both Bethe gone and Michael Thomas gone. Very big hole.
0: I bet you he's better than Antoine Bethe at deep safety. Um and I'm not basing that off anything besides the fact that Antoine Bethe was horrible.
1: So, Bobby, do we have anything else? Can we move on to mailbag? Yeah. We have a very, very fun mailbag today. Yep. Let's uh take a break and we'll we'll get into the mail.
2: Mail Melta
1: mail The mail's here. Come on. Bye guys.
0: Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes you wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail.
1: All right, first question from At the Home Depot, except Depot is spelled D I P O and not D E P O T. So, this isn't actually a question, but I figured because we played Steve from Blues Clues, it's very prevalent to start off with. So, At the Home Depot says 99% of your show is awesome. The last 1% is the Blues Clues theme song, might be the most irritating sounding theme song on any show. Otherwise, keep up the good work. You're that killing is a staple now, Bobby, of the show. I have to agree. That is a staple. I have to agree, no. though.
0: No, that is a staple of the show. I'm gonna find something. By the way, this is gonna be a big throwback. Danny's gonna love this. I, I, how are people gonna hate on our song on that? That's a staple of the show. i have been doing it forever.
1: You don't like it either. I I'm I'm coming from a biased spot because I have a I have a sister who has autism, and she watched kid shows all her life so i've been like prisoner to blues clues door the explorer barney all these kind of shows i will say backyardigans rocks like big bop big time bop backyardigans i can get down with backyardigans any day of the weekend twice on sunday did you find what you were looking for well i'm gonna have to play audio if I because we're waiting it. on you
0: two
2: thousand years later
1: all right, I'm not going to be able to find it. All right, so just as context for everybody who's listening to this, Bobby was probably searching for something for six minutes. Six, six, six minutes of just. Now, he usually hates. God forbid I have to derail the show and I have to. But this wasn't very important. God forbid I have to collect my thoughts at one point and I have a little bit of like an editing editing note that I have to make to myself when I'm in the it, when I'm in the post production process. Bobby just derailed the show for six minutes. But this is important. And he couldn't even find, couldn't even find what he needed to find.
0: Uh no, you want me to derail it some more? I'll find it.
1: No. No. <laughs> I, I'm literally sitting here and I'm falling asleep. I'm trying to find the first mailbag episode
0: where I sang I sang the song.
1: Oh, that's what you're trying to find. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, how about how about you just sing it now?
0: No, because it's better if you hear it when I did it. It's like nostalgia. It's better if you hear it through crappy phone audio it, because it brings back
1: nostalgia. You could also you could like. also just find it after the show, and then I can put yeah, it in. Yeah, But I want to hear it. That is a thing that can happen. I want to hear it. Oh, pff, you, well, jeez, you, oh, you you are you are something else, my friend. I want to hear it. It's funny. You
0: are something. It's else. very funny. It really is. This is hey, this is why when you said I don't like when you get mad at me, be like, um I wish we could do a little more creative titles. It's for this exact reason. when you're trying to find something and you can't. It's the most aggravating thing when a podcast has these these oh, wacky that is titles true. and you can't you don't know what you're looking for.
1: I, I did that with Bleeding Blue. Uh the episode when after Kyle Luletta got arrested, the episode title was You Have the Right to Remain a Backup. <laughs> <Stupid>. <laughs> See, no one would have known what that was
0: talking about nowadays.
1: Oh, but yeah, yes, you do. If you're a Giants fan and you're like, oh, this is from 2018, you definitely know what that I refers for, to. I forgot <laughs>
0: about it. I forgot about it, honestly. Ugh. I mean, I know it was some time oh, in sometime in May. Just... I remember someone leaving a review saying... No,
1: it was like during it was during the season, no, I think. No,
0: it was in May because we've been doing the we've been doing the voicemail sign about forever. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kyle Loretta. No, we not, moved back to voicemails already. Yeah, I was already? talking about me singing. All right. I found the John Hillman interview.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> great. We can honestly play that entire John Hilleman interview from start to finish right now. It takes now, eight minutes. And we'll
0: st- <laughs> <laughs> We should replay it. Whenever he does get cut again, just be like, this is the most boring interview of all time.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. I feel bad. John Hillman, St. Peter's Prep for life, bro. You're an awesome guy. I saw him recently at a St. Peter's Prep basketball game. I didn't say hi because I didn't want to be rude. Um,
0: all right, let's, let's, do the, let's do some questions.
1: All right, next we're going to uh, Gaza. Gazman Superstar, friend of the show, asks a really good question. I like questions like these. You have to self-isolate with five Giants players, past or present. Who are you taking and why? All
0: right, let's go one for one. I got three formers and then two currents. Justin, who's your first?
1: Who was my first? Larry Zonka. Not a lot of people know that he was a Giant, but yes. Really?
0: I knew he was a Miami Dolphin.
1: Yep. Yep. He was on the field for Miracle in the Meadowlands. I follow Larry Zonka on Facebook. He was the fullback.
0: I tried to get him on Swimman Radio. Mm-hmm. You know that? D- didn't
1: happen. I feel like he's very resourceful. Oh,
0: he will make money off anything. I mean, he is always looking to make a, a, a buck off his
1: name down here in Miami. I would, have, I would self-isolate with him so we can make money together. He's so old. He pr- he's very wise. He's probably very wise, and he has a lot of great stories to You're tell. So boring. You're so boring. My
0: first one was Jeremy Shockey. <laughs>
1: My man's a wild man. We're
0: going to have fun. I'm chilling with Jeremy Shockey. We might go do something crazy and dumb. And my list will come together very well. Jeremy Shockey, he's a wild white boy, man. He's from the U in those days.
1: He could tell me all those stories. I'm chilling with Jeremy Shockey.
0: Who's next on your list?
1: Orleans Darkwa, because he is the greatest person of all time, and I would give up an insignificant body part for him. Your list
0: is horrible. (laughs) I'm just going to say I'm just going to say your list is horrible. I'm not even done. I'm not even done. Next on my
1: list? Two fits there. Plaxico Burris.
0: So I'm going to make jokes about him shooting himself. I'm going to be making those jokes all weekend long. I'm just like, hey, remember that one time, Plax, when you shot yourself? And he just seems like a good time in general. Um, And my my list will come together. But, yeah, Plax is number two on my list. And he caught a Super Bowl winning touchdown.
1: Yeah, he did that little thing too. Next on my list is OCU Minura because it kind of sounds like he has an interesting accent. Like I'll, I'll just say it that way. He has an interesting accent, and I can hear him talk all day. So I would like to be isolated with him.
0: Larry Zonker wouldn't like O.C. Menor's accent. Next on my list is Brandon Jacobs. He's kind of got like that dumb, fun kind of uh, like persona to him. You know he's going to be willing to smack some people around, like in, the, in my dream earlier on. Um, him and Plax are going to get along. Him and Shock are going to get along. We Listen, if we go out and get in a fight, me, Shockey, Plax, and Jacobs, I mean, it's over. We're going to go out and wreck people, even though we're going to be in quarantine. And I just know I'm going to be the smartest out of those four. That's the, So I'll be cracking jokes all night. All
1: right, next on my list, former Giant Center from 1985 to 1993, Bart Oates. Bart Oates. Now I have to tell you. This dude's name is boring, Bart Oates. Oates, he now has a law degree. So all day, me and him, we would just talk about the law.
0: You're such a nerd. All
1: right, next on my list,
0: current giant, Daniel Jones. He's gonna be the whitest guy you know. We're gonna loosen him up, we're gonna have fun. Plus, you know, I'm I'm kind of a Daniel Jones stan. so I could not I c I couldn't I couldn't be honest with myself and leave Daniel Jones off the list. So we've got to get Danny out, out on there. And then him being there makes me automatically not the whitest person in the group.
1: With Danny dimes, I hate that I just called him Danny Dimes. Like did you hear me hesitate as I called him that? Danny Dimes. Do we think Daniel Jones? I would just throw dimes at um, him all day and mess with him. <laughs> oh, so he would definitely be the guy in the group that you would just screw around with.
0: We'll get him to open up a little bit. He would be the me of the group, you're, like you you're screw around yourself
1: the up a little
0: bit too much. Um, yeah, we'd have fun. <laughs> Daniel Jones, they would respect. They would respect his game. They, I know the other three would respect his game.
1: Okay, final final on my list is Kevin Zeitler, and again, it's because of his voice. So I would have. Kevin Zeitler and OCU Minura just talk to each other all day. They're not even Zeitler's not going to talk. He's just going to be sit there and do pass sets. F- fine, that's that's aesthetically pleasing too. As a former offensive lineman, it's like it's like watching somebody walk on water. It's great. Man. I just compared Kevin Zeitler to Jesus.
0: DeAndre Baker is last
1: on my list. Uh, I heard he's a clown. Wait, that's that's a drop. Wait, that's a drop. I just compared Kevin Zeitler to Jesus. That's a drop. <laughs> Your list is <laughs> I'm so sorry. boring. Go ahead.
0: Your list is so boring. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even <laughs> want to hang out with your list on a regular day.
1: I'm a boring person.
0: DeAndre Baker's last on my list. I heard DeAndre Baker's kind of a clown. You can tell by the way he talks in his interviews and stuff. I tell. I could tell I get along with him. So, I mean, the listeners have to say whose less list is better, right? Yes. To recap, I have Jeremy Shockey, Plaxio Burris, Brand Jacobs, Daniel Jones, and DeAndre Baker. And you have five people I've never heard of.
1: Five people you've never heard of.
0: That's that's am well, exaggerating. You literally had a, a, a running back who's available
1: right now. I still have hope that Orland Starqua will someday be a giant. So I have Larry Zanka, Orland Starqua, OCU Minura, Bart Oates, and Kevin Zeitler. So whose list would you prefer to hang out with?
0: <laughs> Easy. Your list is boring.
1: All right, next question. Next question is from list. William Duncan. William Duncan, do you think the Giants should put Julian Love at slot corner and sign slash draft a safety or keep Julian Love at safety and sign slash draft a slot corner?
0: Right now, I'm leaning, putting him at nickel and drafting a safety. There's a few safeties I have my eye on in the draft, you know, um, whether it's Antoine Winfield Jr., Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson, and I, you know, I've just got it started with draft stuff throughout the combine. So right now, I'm leaning. Putting Julian Love at nickel because we don't really have a nickel besides Grant Haley at this point. So, yeah, right now I, I lean putting Julian Love there and I think he has the skills to be good there um, and then putting someone in from the draft at free
1: safety. What about you? We drafted Julian Love to be a slot corner, but what makes me hesitant is if the Giants now I, – I, I'm I would like to think that our former coaching staff – had some form of intelligence. I, I don't think that they're dummies and they're idiots. But if they were willing to put Corey Ballantyne and then Grant Haley again back at slot corner before they were even willing to let Julian Love even sniff the field at slot corner, then it's like, oh, well, maybe maybe Julian Love and slot, slot corner at the pro level was a problem. And then maybe, you know, once the opportunity at safety opened up, maybe Julian Love at safety is not a problem.
0: But we saw him play safety just in a little bit of reps, and it was like, why have we not been giving him a shot over uh, Antoine Bethea? I just really think the coaching staff was slow to give guys chances. And once Julian Love had practiced the whole season at safety, they couldn't just throw him at nickel. I really think that's what it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was practicing and he was doing both during, which you were not happy about, but he was doing both at training camp. He was getting reps at both safety and nickel corner, and this was even during preseason games as well, especially because <laughs> the Giants' Giants cornerback depth in the preseason was not very good because they had some cornerbacks that were hurt. They had Antonio Hamilton was hurt. They had another guy who was hurt. They had DeAndre Baker who was hurt. So Julian Love saw a lot of snaps over the preseason, but this is also, this is tough. I don't know yet. I, I really don't know. That's 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 what I'm going. That's what I'm going with because Julian Love at safety is also very very enticing, and it's very very enticing with the various things that he can do. Where he played both, you know, that strong safety spot once Peppers was gone, but he also played a little bit free safety too. He's versatile, and I guess that's a this is a good problem to have. Julian Love in the New York Giants and where he fits is ultimately a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I I I see, I see nickel. Anyways, next question.
1: Um, final, actually, no, there's, there's two here. We're, we're going to address this really quickly. There's a new account out there called misinformation panic. And he asked, what are your thoughts on the giant signing? Jameis Winston. Now I love this account. This account is wonderful. It is a parody account. It is not like a, a, a hate account or anything like that. We have to think of a vision for misinformation panic about not like tweeting about these rumors because Justin panic doesn't get in trouble for tweeting out rumors. Justin Pennant gets in trouble of uh, being too reliant on analytics. Like there was a tweet that said that Golden Tate gets the most separation uh, according to NFL Next Gen out of any wide receiver in the NFL. That was hilarious. Let's go more with that. I'm pushing this account to be better because this rumor stuff, that's not what I do. I don't do this, mis- I don't do this misinformation rumor stuff. It would be funny. Just start tweeting out false analytics and false stats. That will make me laugh. That will make me giggle. So – Misinformation panic. Go follow it on Twitter. Blah blah. Listeners,
0: start lying. Start start lying, listeners. Um, and there's a a, now there's a Bobby Skinner's burner, and it's replied a couple times, but it just says it agrees with me. So I mean, I I don't hate it. Which that's what a burner does. I (laughs) I, seriously,
1: I I like it. All right, Topher Pete, our main man, Topher Pete. Serious question, Bobby Skinner. Let's lock in. People think the Giants are passing on Simmons. Now, sorry. Here, this is this is where I'm going to word this a little differently. People think that the Giants are going to pass on Simmons now, considering the free agent moves. Judge says, "Tell me what a guy can do, not what he can't do." Think he could still be the pick and move around on the defense, depending on the down and the situation. And that's Isaiah Simmons. Do we do we still think that, based off of what the Giants did in free agency, do we still think that Isaiah Simmons could be the pick and move, depending on the down and distance and situation?
0: I think Simmons fits in great. Uh, I know your whole third down thing, but like Simmons, if he's drafted, he's in, he's playing. It's not like, oh, where do we put him? You put him at linebacker and you let him ball. Um, and maybe you let him roam around a little bit more too. So it's not like, a oh, we, there's nowhere to put him. For me, and I know you differ a little bit uh, for me, Justin, it's, well, now we don't really have a desperate need there, but we do have a desperate need at offensive tackle. And I'd like these offensive tackles. I know some people don't think they're that good. I do. I do. So that makes me think that the Giants are going to go offensive tackle
1: in this draft. Yeah, I don't want to give away any takes because we have a few questions that are kind of Simmons slash tackle related and draft related and stuff like that. So I don't want to fully give it away. But my main thing with Simmons is that, okay, now that Blake Martinez is on the team and... We have high expectations for Ryan Conley. I understand that this year he's coming off the ACL, so you want to temper them a little bit. But we still have high expectations. You draft Simmons, who is coming off the field? Somebody's going to have to come off the field for a good portion of the snaps. And that guy, to me, that would be Ryan Conley. Now, great. I guess for 2020, you want to keep him on the bench 2020? Fine. You know, and then he can, you know, third downs, so he can go wherever. Isaiah Simmons, if he's going back to safety and, he, and if he's playing that hybrid safety linebacker position, a guy like Conley can come back on the field. Fine. The, the, the possibilities are endless, right? How does it translate to the pro level? And, and nobody has been able to tell me. And now, again, because nobody can predict the future. So I'm not even going to hold anybody accountable to say, oh, you can't tell me the future and you can't tell me how Isaiah Simmons fits at the pro level because that's what makes him so exciting. But until I can like think of a tangible plan myself of how how he can fit where Ryan Conley is still on the field, and if you can convince me that Isaiah Simmons is is a legitimate edge rusher, because that's the biggest need on the defense right now, uh, besides besides safety, if you can convince me that Isaiah Simmons can play pretty damn good safety and pretty damn good edge rusher while still allowing Ryan Conley and Blake Martinez to see starter snaps, then hell, uh, count me in. But... Left tackles a more pressing need, so.
0: And we'll get into it in another question, but I'm I'm in the trade, down yeah. trade. All right, next one, yeah. Justin.
1: All right, so let's get to first of all, these voicemails, absolutely awesome. We brought the heat this week with the voicemails, so I'm I'm very I'm
2: very unlike very us proud.
0: on this episode. We've kind of been,
1: yeah, we yeah. So sorry about that.
2: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to ask or I guess tell you how I was feeling and then kind of see what you guys were feeling. I think um, when approaching the draft, the Giants' dream scenario is assaults. I think they really want Isaiah Simmons. The Barkley draft proved that they're willing to go um, overall value, over positional value. I think they really want Simmons. They see him as that gold jacket type of guy. I think ideally what the Giants want is trade down, to either uh, Los Angeles or Carolina, get some extra picks, drop Simmons there, and then with those extra picks, look to move up in the back end of the first round or even sit where in the second round and get their left tackle in the future. I guess the question is for you guys through your evaluation. Do you believe that that left tackle is there after the big four or five guys? Thanks.
0: I don't think after the four guys there's really the tackle there, Justin. What about you?
1: no. Uh, People keep on throwing around. Oh, uh, I'm just I just have PTSD with Eric Flowers. Literally, watch a second of tape at least, at least of Worf's, which I'm still a little bit. None of those top
0: four are even close to Eric Flowers. I went and watched Eric Flowers to be like, okay, maybe maybe one of them does remind you. None of them even come close to reminding me of Eric Flowers. And I went back and watched his Miami tape, and it just, which ironically, he's with Miami now, but yeah, none of those guys are like Eric Flowers.
1: Yeah, but Austin Jackson's young, and that's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be. He's probably going to be the fifth offensive tackle taken, at least you know, at least just that's just how my brain's working right now. May even be taken in the second round. He's that tackle out of USC. Pretty sure he's like twenty years old. That would be like irresponsible. Like if we're really going to be saying, okay, Austin Jackson. And that would be probably be a position where the Giants are not even playing Austin Jackson in 2020 because of how young he is, and because we have Gates, and because you have Solder.
0: Epenesa ate his lunch, Austin yeah, Jackson, and
1: Epenesa is not great. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, li- I like Epenesa. He didn't have good commentary. I think Epenesa going to be a good football player. Um, here's I will say something with this Isaiah Simmons, and don't get me wrong. I think they loved Isaiah Simmons. But I don't think the Saquon draft just says that Dave Gettleman is going to take the best player on his board every time. I mean, look at, you know, Josh Allen last year. They had a different view of Daniel Jones than the majority of people. But I don't think him taking Saquon that one time means that every time he's going to just take best player available. I think I think Dave Gettleman doesn't have like a – this is going to sound bad. I don't think he has like a, a law of the land when it comes to the draft. I think he plays it a little more by feel and I know – with the prevalence of analytics, people can't stand that, but I think he does play a little bit more case by case if uh that makes sense, which I think it should be i think I think things should be case by case
1: yeah, yeah, and, and he's certainly like the smug impression that you know he sometimes gives, which who which you've talked about this before, Bobby, who honestly cares about the impression that you give off to the media and the impression that you give off to the fans now, who cares about it when you're winning, but when you're losing and now he's he's worked on this this offseason. So this is not this is not something that's actually prevalent right now and I don't really want to dwell on the past too much especially if if the if the team is showing overall that they're trying to do things differently which if you're looking at, you know, how they're front loading all these contracts instead of backloading all these deals instead of just throwing the money out all over the place all over the place, that's a smart thing and that's something that they haven't done in the past. So they're moving forward. There's a new vision for the New York Football Giants. It seems to be entrenched a little bit with Joe Judge, which is nice, which is positive, and we could talk more about that in the future. But I have a point that I want to get to, but it's also related to another voicemail. Play the ultimately pick it all, up. It's all it's all tied into a left tackle. So here we're gonna. So here we're gonna play this voicemail, and then I'm gonna get into my to my big point. Big point of the week. Justin's big point
2: of the week. How do you think the Giants will? do this season do you think they've done enough in free agency to actually boost them obviously you have to stay positive you know but do you think they have made enough moves in free agency and you know if we if we draft you know isaiah simmons you know pair him up with blake martinez and all that do you think that we will you know make the playoffs and make our run to the super bowl you know Maybe not now, but, you know, years from now. I I personally think, you know, maybe not right away, but, you know, in years to come, we will be a really good football team.
1: All right, here's Justin's big point. I thought of this this past week. How many years did we say for Eli Manning? Now, Bobby, I know you have your microphone muted, but I'm going to ask you this question. How many years did we say for Eli Manning, all Eli needed was this? All he needed was that? And then Eli would have been fine, and Eli would have taken off. How many years did we say that before his career ended?
0: Oh, pretty much every year after the
1: like after 2012. So let's not do this for Daniel Jones. let's not do this for, oh, all Daniel Jones needs is a left tackle because re- realistically, Bobby Skinner, re- realistically, if we draft our one of the big four. And we don't F around. We don't mess around. We get the left tackle that we hope is the future left tackle of this franchise. What else does Daniel Jones need to be a successful or to be a very successful NFL quarterback? What no, realistically does he need?
0: Nothing in the immediate future. You got your running back. You got three pretty good wide receivers. Not only you got two tight. You got Evan Ingram who when he's healthy is a very good tight end. You got Caden Smith who's a reliable tight end. You got your guard set up. We think the Gates is moving to center. Offensive tackle is kind of the only thing. And it flat out gave up points. I mean, the strip sacks. Now part of that is on Daniel Jones. But I agree with you, man. Left tackle is a huge need for this team because Daniel Jones progressing is a huge need for this team. And I think it's I think him and DeAndre Baker are the biggest tent poles for this team. If Daniel Jones improves and he improves by a lot and cuts down the turnovers, and DeAndre Baker can be trusted on the outside. It makes this team a lot better because you can do different types of things in the middle of the field on defense. Um, you are not worried about turn, you know you don't have you know twenty plus turnovers in twelve games from a uh, from a QB. So I just think one of these left tackle, whoever I am, not going to tell you who you think should be the best, but whoever you think that best one is, it changes the team
1: dramatically. So let's not mess around. Let's not mess around with this whole. Okay, we're going to head into 2021. We have Isaiah Simmons. Great. The defense is still going to need work if you take Isaiah Simmons. I'll tell you that much. Isaiah Simmons does not fix what is wrong with that defense. Not not largely, in my opinion. You still arguably would need a free safety because we're going to go with this overall impression that Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker. You still need edge rushers, multiple, and... You still need a slot corner, you would still need a free safety, and you would still need your number two cornerback, DeAndre Baker, to prove himself, which goes to Bobby's point of pretty much the two biggest names and the two biggest players on this team in 2020, and this isn't to simplify a football team, and this isn't just to simplify everything, but how much of a step can DeAndre Baker take and if we can have two very good starting caliber corners that can really do their job and lock in and lock down, which can therefore help the, help the average to below-average pass rush that we have. And let's not forget like just how important the quarterback position is in the National Football League. It's so important. Eli Manning in 2011 transcended everything. That was not a good football team that was around Eli Manning. There was good skill position players, and the running game found its way, and the offensive line found its way for that postseason run. That was a bad defense, bottom of the barrel, bad rushing offense, and you saw how much of a beating that Eli Manning took that NFC Championship game. Not a great offensive line. It was quarterback play. Quarterback play. And if quarterback play can take us there, you see it with Mahomes, you see it with a lot of these other quarterbacks, quarterback play can take us to the promised land. Absolutely can. So let's not F around. Let's get Jones the help that he needs. No more excuses. Let's not go into 2020 with excuses of, oh, well, we didn't Nate, you know, Daniel Jones didn't have a left tackle. Uh, because that was the big excuse that we had in 2019. Big excuse. Daniel Jones fumbled a lot. Well, a lot of those fumbles were attributed to Nate Solder. Let's not go into 2020 and make that same mistake. And I'm not even saying Let's Daniel Jones
0: has to have an amazing twenty like, even if he cuts down on fumbles and isn't amazing. QB's like they don't become perfect overnight. So I'm not expecting like I'm not saying I'm expecting him to be better because I think that's who he is as a person and growth, and he, he puts in that work, and he's not going to have like a sophomore slump because he got lazy. But I just want to have everything around him and coupled with the fact that I think these tackles are real deal. It's not, I don't I don't view it, drafting any of those guys as a reach because I think, you know, obviously on the Andrew Thomas train, but I don't think drafting Andrew Thomas at four is a reach. I, I don't. I know people think it will, but I just do not see it being a reach. And couple that with the fact that we flat out need a left tackle. And now we dra- we signed Blake Martinez, who we think is good. You got Conley mess around. Everyone says how good Mayo is. So I just I think left tackle at this point is the pick. Although my heart says Isaiah Simmons. My heart really does say Isaiah Simmons. I would love to watch Isaiah Simmons. If we do draft Isaiah Simmons, I'm going to jump for joy because he's an awesome player. He's going to be fun to watch. He does change your defense. He doesn't make it an elite overnight, but he does change your defense. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But right now, I'm just you know, I'm I'm on the trade back and get one of these offensive tackles trained.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more. But taking Isaiah Simmons and leaving and. You know, and Nate. You know, who's to say Nate Solder can not improve, right? Nate Solder. Root, root for the guys in blue. This is not me saying that I'm not rooting for Nate Solder or I think Nate Solder is going to stink in 2020. But we've talked about this at nauseating lengths before. Having Nate Solder at left tackle 2020, and when you look at what he did in 2019 and just how much he cost us on the offensive side of the ball, you're almost waving a white flag to start the season if you do nothing at that spot. How many times do we neglect? Giants, the Giants need a tackle, Giants need a tackle, Giants need a tackle with Eric Flowers. Now, I'm not comparing Nate Solder to Eric Flowers, but the situation is very similar where the need is there. We need to address it. No excuses. Let's rock and roll on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is something that can be developed over time. So that's that's where I'm at.
0: I like it. All right. Do we have any more voicemails?
1: Yeah, we have have two more, uh, but they can be very quick. We're going to play this one from Matt, which is a great question, and you actually inspired us to do something new.
2: Hey boys, this is Matt from New Jersey. Just wanted to say I'm really enjoying the positional reviews and all the content, keeping us die hard, that's contained in this offseason. Um, just wanted to get your feedback on something real quick. Uh, everyone seems to be interested in trading back, and everyone thinks we can just trade with Miami and get the 26 pick. To me, that seems like a little bit of a stretch. So I want to know, what is the least that you can expect uh, where we don't crucify Gettleman in order to make that trade happen. Uh, Let me know. Thanks. Go blue.
1: Bobby, you may have an opinion on this, but I'm not going to sit here and describe to you and try to BS about, Oh yeah, this is what I think we should get. And this is what I would be not happy with. There actually is a chart out there. And Anthony Tomano has thrown out this idea of possibly having a conversation like a trade back conversation and looking at like the value of picks. That's all like on this chart. And he can describe it much better than I can, so maybe that could be like a, a little YouTube series. So stay tuned for that. I don't know. The answer to Matt's question is I don't know, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I know about value and picks and all that kind of stuff. I know about positional value, but not about the value picks.
0: I just want to be in a spot where we could take one of those offensive tackles. So whether that's you know yeah. whether that's trading back to six or trading back to fourteen, if you can get one of those offensive tackles. I'd be happy. So that's, that's where I stand at the moment.
1: All right, we have one final question from Angel.
2: Yeah, what's up? My name is Angel. My question is, what do you guys think about taking the franchise tag off of Leonard Williams and trying to go after Jadavian Clowney? And if that happens, do you think we'll still be in the market for Isaiah Simmons in the NFL draft? Thank you.
0: This has been thrown out there a lot. and I, In fact, we brought it up last week, I believe, about what about this situation? Here's the thing. I, I see Leonard Williams signing for less than that franchise tag on an extension. Um, we should have an interview later in the weekend. We're going to ask some questions about this. I just don't... I think Clowney, at this point, is going to take a one-year rental deal, and the Giants shouldn't be signing one-year big-money rental deal. It, it just would make no sense for the situation we're in. So, right now, it's Get Leonard Williams on a on a on a longer deal, whether it's three years, four years, whatever, with with good value. And we're gonna—I don't know if he's gonna play if he would play on the tag or not. We're gonna ask that uh, later in the week. But I just don't see if you're bringing in Clowney on this one-year proof-of-deal, how that would—I just don't see that making sense for the Giants.
1: Yeah, gi- Giants are not in a position to to make a move like that. You know, cutting Williams and signing Clowney does not fix what's wrong with this Giants defense. You know,
0: combining. But I think Clowny would be better for if, and I know with Clowney you have to use, uh, you have to preface it with a hundred uh, different notes. But if you're getting good Clowny, uh, healthy, he's a. I think he's a much more impactful player than Leonard Williams. And in a vacuum, Leonard but... Clowny's better than Leonard Williams. But obviously, there's a lot more context to the conversation,
1: right? And, I, and that's that's exactly what I was saying on Twitter earlier today. Uh, look at me talking about context and talking about actually how the game of football works. You don't just say, "Hey, do you want Clowney or do you want Williams?" No, I want Leonard Williams and Marcus Golden, and not just Jadavion Clowney with B.J. Hill, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Thompson. Sure, that that's good. I would rather have. Leonard Williams, with all of those other interior guys, plus give me a guy like Marcus Golden, I think Leonard Williams is going to make, if Kyler Fackrell can play at the top of his game and if he can get pretty good snaps this year, I think you could see somewhat of a good year from Fackrell. And just kind of similar to what we saw to Marcus Golden. Leonard Williams is going to eat up that space. He's a good ball player. He serves a purpose. Giants just aren't in a position to make a drastic move like that. I don't think they are. That doesn't immediately fix what's wrong with your defense. Right. Yeah. And
0: like I said, I, I don't know what's going on with Clowney, but everyone's saying he wants a one-year prove-it deal at this point because he didn't get that. He's not getting the money that he expected. So the Giants, would it'd just be silly to give anybody like that a big one-year deal. All right, Justin, that's a show. This one got off the rails, and I apologize for that. We're usually keeping it a little tighter. This one was just a little weird. I don't know what the deal is. I think it might be the quarantine. I don't know what the deal is. Well, we appreciate you guys sticking around with us. We'll be back either. Th- we may do a Thursday episode. We might just put it a regular Friday. Um, we should have a good interview. I won't say the name because things happen, but I want to say the name because we've. Let's just say ah, I'm not doing it. I'm Not doing it. I'm
1: keeping quiet. No, Justin. don't
0: do it. Don't do it. I'm keeping quiet because people will put the put the dots together and then they'll ask me questions and then I'll I'll, I'll answer it
1: all right we'll see law but but let me but let me tell you something let me ask you something since we're already long enough anyway it's 10 o'clock at night giants have been known to make these late night signings how much do you want to bet how much do you want to bet that marcus golden's going to sign a contract
0: um i'll bet you 20 bucks that he doesn't sign a contract before 10 a.m on tuesday what so people will have probably have listened by this want to bet 20 bucks
1: no, I do not want to bet twenty bucks because I'm rooting for that. Okay.
0: You know, I don't gamble. I've never gambled on sports besides like five bucks here and there. But I was I was with my friend. I almost wanted to bet him a hundred bucks on heads or tails. I I had cash in my pocket and I was just feeling I was feeling frisky. I didn't do it though. You're feeling
1: dangerous, Baker Mayfield. No, no, no.
0: No. I never feel like exactly. that loser. Hey, Siri. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, let's go big blue.